Welcome to the Voodoo Comedy Podcast, the official podcast of Denver's Voodoo Comedy Playhouse. I'm the Voodoo Skeleton, and today we have an extra special show for you. Our hosts, Adam Wedgwood and Craig Martin, sit down with the co-creator and star of Working Together, Rahul Shah. What's working together, you ask? Well, remember all of those amazing sitcoms from 90s TGIF? I don't because I was blissfully in the ether realm, enjoying my restful slumber. But you all certainly remember Cory and Topanga, Uncle Jesse and Danny, and Step and Step. Well, Rahul and the rest of the cast of Working Together are looking to bring back those wonderful feelings. But don't take the voodoo skeleton's word for it. Hear it right now as Craig and Adam take it away for their interview with Rahul Shah. I'm... And that's what the voodoo skeleton has to say this week. Puppy man. Meow. Got a different little this sound what, this, this week. This week I'm a kitty. You're a little kitty cat? Yeah. I'm a kitty, kitty boy. boy. <laughs> oh, this is going to get and worse. And if you want to use a different word for kitty and add boy, I'm not going to say it, but people have said it before. Who hurt you? <laughs> Rahul, did you hurt him? I uh, did not hurt him. No, Rob. Did I hurt you? No, you've only shown me love. I've only shown him love. Oh, so it's like the British pussy boy. We're we're <laughs> on our way to find the person that hurt me. Fantastic. Is that the goal of this podcast? <laughs> it by is the now. Last, by the last yeah. episode. Yeah. By, by the end, our goal is to hurt Adam. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it with... Rahul Shah this week. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. You're, you're the first person to thank us. <laughs> and you're very welcome. We, we're very happy to have you here. Uh, Rahul is here to talk about his fantastic new season of his fantastic, pretty aged show now, Working Together. Working Together, yes. It's uh, going on right now in season three. We're super excited, me and the rest of the team. Now, now this show is an it's an improvised workplace '90s sitcom. Right, it's kind of a mouthful, but yeah, that's essentially correct. Essentially correct. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so you're just like copying things that are on TV. Pretty Adam, much. Let's get, don't don't get heated, <laughs> Kitty Boy. We're uh, big Seinfeld fans, Friends fans. We're kind of copy copying those guys. Oh, okay. Essentially, yeah. Uh, I do see when uh, when when I've come to see your show. You have you have these signs that you put up uh, that like tells the audience what to do. I also I always find it funny that at a comedy place you put up a sign that says laugh. Yeah. Uh, but you have the Seinfeld baseline where you have the crowd essentially do the. It it never sounds like the Seinfeld baseline, <laughs> but it's like the transition between scenes. Where did you come up with the concept to have these signs come up and like? come up with the the audience uh, essentially doing the work for you <laughs> well when we were we were designing the show two years ago and you know we had the idea of a sitcom an improvised sitcom we wanted to do and we kept thinking in terms of how do how are sitcoms structured right mm-hmm. and you know we have so we treat like the audience as our live studio audience just like you know we're filming a sitcom yeah and and those cue cards just come essentially from because you know when you go to a sitcom taping I've never been, but I'm assuming they have these cue cards, right? Like laughter, applause. And then, you know, to, to have some more fun, we added like gasp and ooh and ah. 
Yeah, because you cool, guys yeah. do present it. You're like, oh, you guys are going to be our live studio audience. Yeah, tonight. exactly. And, and so the way we market everything, like we do seasons. And a lot, a lot of shows do seasons, but like we're like season one, two, three, right? You're on three right now. <laughs> three right now. <laughs> yeah, so the cue card just kind of give it like a sitcom feel. And yeah, it is kind of, we tell the audience to laugh. But just kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> Are those are those sad moments for you when you have to tell the audience? To <laughs> laugh? Do you feel like Jeb Bush when he was just like, "Please clap, please laugh"? <laughs> well, the cue cards are awesome because you guys seen the show. Have you guys noticed we don't use it? We use the cue cards in the beginning of each episode a lot, and then I feel like we slowly stop using it as the show goes on because you know we're focused on what's going on, but the audience picks up on like the gasp and oohs and ahs where they just naturally go there even if no one put the sign up, you know? In because you're moments. master storytellers. Yeah, that too, but I think I think the sign helps. <laughs> <laughs> I I think uh, the signs are great, but yeah, I think you're right because from watching the show, like people like, uh, sometimes the signs come out in response of what the audience is doing. Right. Which is fun. Like, it, it's a fun part of the show and like, you're like, oh, someone did an awe, and you're like, you throw the awe, or or you do the opposite just to like mess with them or something yeah. like that, and that's really funny. Like, well, it's funny, yeah, because sometimes <laughs> we do do the opposite, where if it's a sad moment, we throw laughter up. I don't know, but <laughs> you know, just for that extra added, uh, extra punch added. to the gut, making people on stage feel bad. <laughs> um, exactly. Rahul, what's the worst you've ever felt on stage? Oh my God. Um. The worst I've ever felt on stage. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I used to do stand-up comedy before I did improv. Good answer. Really. And there have been stand-up comedy open mics where I just feel like I want to kill myself afterwards. <laughs> and I still, like, even thinking about those sets, even now I get sick to my stomach, just like, oh, my God, I can't believe what am I doing. You know, then I vow to quit comedy. I vow to never get on stage afterwards. But, I don't know, I just keep doing it. Do you have that sign up in your... In your apartment that just says awe when you get home after that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, only you in the switch them around. You're like, oh, applause. So you walk in. Like, yeah, this is a good show. <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I get that because I, I did similar, I had yeah, similar experience where I was doing stand-up and hating myself after every show so much. And like, um, I think the, the community's changed a lot since I started. Uh, since those times, but like, yeah, yeah, I, I understand that where you're like, I'm just like, I'm the worst uh, person ever. Well, there's, like, there were the open mics where, you know, the ones that are late night, like you don't get on stage. Like I remember I went on, this was a long time ago. I went to El Torito and I was the last comedian on and there was zero people left in the audience. Every comedian had left. Even the host was like ready to leave. But I just like, no, I got to I got to do this, you know, so I went up and I just did my jokes to like literally the comedians wanted to leave. They were just at the edge of the room, like trying to leave, just waiting for me to get off stage so they could run out. So they were all literally yeah. just on the left side of the stage. And I'm just like, shit. And then no one would laugh at my jokes. Not that they were they deserved. Now they you want to get laughter, early on the list for an open mic. You definitely do. You definitely do. <laughs> but that doesn't always happen, right? Sometimes you just get nah, you come in late. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like I was hoping like you would just. And that with, I started talking, and they all started filing back in. <laughs> hearing and my dreams came true. Well, in my mind, I wanted that to happen. I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill. I'm going to kill, you know? Because if I was a better comedian, if I was Louis C.K., they would all... I'm not comparing myself to Louis C.K., but I'm saying like... Oh, no, no one has. He can, I am, but we'll but like, dive into that. But he can kill. A lot, of, and a lot of people like to blame these open mics. Like, oh, open mics are like that. It was late at night. You went on last. Everyone went to go home, but... 
say no one knew who Louis C.K. was, but he still had the same material. He would he would let all those people all those people would slowly file back in, right? Definitely. Well, and like, I think like uh, it's different that like El Chiritos does give you a really good house to like do it in because they separate the bar from like the stage. Yeah, but it is still a bar at the end of the day. Whereas, like, doing it like Comedy Works, where you're like, everybody came here to see that mic. Right. It's, it's just different. And, like, uh, I think Denver's gotten a lot different now, where, you're like, they really, like, advertise those mics and stuff yeah. like that. But I, I think, I'm thinking, like, one, two, maybe three years ago, when I was starting to, like, do it a lot more, when I moved up to Denver and doing it, like, that was, that, that reminds me a lot of those times, like, where you're like, these mics are, they're rough. Let, let, me, ask, let me ask those of you. Kitty uh, boy, you can hear Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, when Voodoo had open mic nights, and I think they're starting one back up here on Wednesday nights now. Well, they have amateur hours. That just, no, no, no. Amateur hour is a show that they do on Tuesdays where right. that's like, it's that's like open mic for anything. Yeah, you, for can, anything. you don't have to just it does do stand up. A lot yeah. of comedians, though. Yeah. yeah, I think on Wednesdays now at like ten, they're starting. Really? Oh, cool. But like, have you guys ever done stand up at at Voodoo when it was going on there? Because like Jeff Albright. Yeah, so Jeff Albright used to host that. It, it moved to Goose Town Tavern now. Yeah, Wednesdays. I did it when Jeff Albright did it at Goose Town. I never did it at Voodoo, but I did it at Voodoo, and I actually love that stage at Voodoo. This it was uh it's good. Every time I've done stand up at Voodoo, I've done stand up at Voodoo maybe three or four times. Including not including one for uh, a little show called uh what's it called? Five words. You wanna get your Arr. weekly plug in again there? You're purring over there. In December, come check us out. Raul, you're in that you're in a five word show. In five words. Too. I did yeah. it last season and yeah. I'm in it uh what day was it? January twentieth? I think so, yeah. It's Friday. Yeah. One twenty. Anyway, but these four or three shows before that. That's so the stand-up out. I've done at Voodoo is uh, <laughs> for my own show. Hey, me too. <laughs> yeah, you've done it. There. Yeah, but uh, I've done I've done the open mic and it's it's I loved it. It's great. It's it's pretty packed, so you don't always get on, or you didn't always used to get on because mm-hmm. there's just so many comedians that show up. But uh, you know, unlike an open mic, you said you mentioned Comedy Works gets people, but Voodoo Comedy Playhouse also gets. There's well, a lot of non-comedians there also. Well, what's cool about Voodoo for an open mic is uh, they do a um, a lot of people know like think it's going to be like an improv set. So there's, I think, when you come in for improv, you're a little more open-minded because you real you have in general an understanding like this is made up. So if you're coming into an open mic, fair enough, it's not made up, but the they're a little more open-minded to begin with. So they're like ready to be like, you're trying stuff. And like, I think the people like the crowds for a stand-up show and a, and a, and an improv show are so extraordinarily different. Absolutely. Like, like the, the, the stand-up crowd and you, you guys have done a lot more than me. They seem a lot more cynical and jaded than the theater kids and freaks of nature that do improv. You, are you are you comparing the audience members or people who perform? I would honestly say both because both are filled with like a, a stand up open mic is like you said like everybody that's there is kind of there to fucking do the um, just they, do the show. They've probably done the open mic too that night. Yeah, but see, I personally a lot of a lot of people do say improv and stand up are two very different, and a lot of you know a lot of stand up comedians hate improv and improv. A lot of improvisers hate stand up, but I I love them both and I do both. Likewise. Oh yeah, I think both are. And I think my personal opinion, I think they're more similar than they are different. A lot of people like to act like they're these two very different things. 
Because like stand-up comics, they jump to an opportunity to do five words or or the the, the, the one where they do they riff over cartoons, right? They're essentially doing improv, yeah. right, in a way. But they hate Definitely. on improv, but then they would they jump at the opportunity to improv in a, se- in, a, in a second, right? Yeah, I think they, like, if, uh, like, people who are doing one or the other, yeah. they would like you to think that the other one's super different. So if, I, if I'm doing stand-up a lot, they would like, and I don't do a lot of improv or yeah. any, I want you to think, like, no, improv's very different. It's not really. It's not, and, and speaking of the audience, like, I don't know how different they are either, because I know a lot of my friends come to both my shows, and like stand-up shows and improv shows and you know i wouldn't they enjoy them both right i don't know mm. um how many pre- shows are you in bt dubs uh let's see i have working together which is going on right now mm-hmm. um that's really it there's dork which is once a month yeah it's it started once a month on the first thursdays of the month i think those are the only two i'm in right now currently that's ongoing time lords on hiatus mm-hmm Five words. I have the five word show coming up. So just like here and there, but working together, that's like yeah. So working together is the actual run I'm in right now, and Dork has the once a month run. But yeah, let's see. Some working together lines. is once a week for the next six more weeks. So uh, w- now this is like a limited engagement. Like you said, this was the third season. Yeah. Were you were you running these for working together now? About uh, like, was it was it always like an eight week run? Was there ever a time where you were just like. Let's just go until whatever. Well, <clears throat> well, we thought of that. I, I honestly like the eight weeks. I like the limited runs because it's easier to get people there. Because mm-hmm. I feel like these ongoing shows, eventually, like, my friends won't come to ongoing shows. Or they'll come if, if it's a limited run. If it's an ongoing show, they'll just be like, we'll come next week, we'll come next week, and then never come. You could mark it easier because then you could put a specific dates on the posters or whatever, on the Facebook posts. And it's just better, it just, for us performers, it just prevents, like, fatigue, you know? We just do eight weeks, we go all out at eight weeks, we work really hard, and we, pr- we you know, we actually, pra- we had a bunch of practices before our season three started, and an ongoing show, we wouldn't work on logistics stuff, right? Because we won't, we won't, you don't practice during an ongoing show, really, not usually, I guess, I don't know. No, I mean, especially if you're week to week. Especially if it's weekly, right? Yeah, yeah. it's hard to practice if, you're, if you do a show once a week. But working together, we do eight weeks once a year. We prepare for it for many months beforehand so we can, you know, iron out all the details. We can figure everything out. We do our eight-week run. We take a break, and then we regroup and see what needs to be done. You know, and that way, you know, we're not tired of the show. We're not, you know. It just, and it's, better for, it's better for the audience members, too, I feel like, because then, you know, they see, the, they see eight weeks only. They don't need to see it every week. I don't know. And I hate, perfo- I hate promoting shows on Facebook. Because I feel like I'm just spamming my friends. By the oh. way, uh, like a voodoo comedy podcast on <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, we'll spam <laughs> you later. Uh, no, I I get that too. Cause people like message me all the time where they're like, "Why did you invite me to this thing? I don't live in." I'm like, "Cause I want an exposure." Like, yeah, that's it. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like when you have a limited run, you can have your friends actually come to like one show, right? Because these, yeah, like I said, they're not gonna come but, to these. But when did you stop relying shows? on your friends? <laughs> like. <laughs> To come to shows, I you, you you will you will grow to hate the people. No, that you I love. I don't try. Like my you're fr- right. Yeah. I don't I don't know. When I first started doing improv and stand up, my friends used to come to everything I used to do. Yeah, and it absolutely. was amazing. It was like you know I, the whole house was like they came because of me. And definitely they don't come as much now. But working together, all my friends love it too, and they see it as an event too. Like oh, when is working together coming back? You know, 
I look so forward it's, to it's it a good, every It's a good week. way to, like, it's a good thing, because the limited run gives, like, some, something people to come to, you know, as opposed to this weekly show. I don't know. Do your parents yeah. ever come? My parents, well, so my parents are Indian, right? I'm Indian, of, I'm of Indian descent. My parents are Indian, born and raised in India. Mm-hmm. Is that their excuse? They don't know <laughs> what improv is, really. Okay. Wait, they, do they live in the U.S.? Or? Yeah, they live in Chicago. They came to visit me a few, like a month or so ago. And they came to my improv shows for the first time, right? And again, my, I don't think they understood anything. They had no idea what was <laughs> going on. It was, uh, they came to see, I w- at the time I was doing Time Lord. They came to a Time Lord show. And Not we did a good one to start them off on. Well, so the night before Time Lord, I did Chronicles, which is an improvised movie. Mm-hmm. And both of those were, they're good shows for sure. We did a, our Time Lord set, if I remember correctly, Craig, was uh, we did James Bond. Or we were, it was a James Bond-themed one. So oh, I think that one went well. That one, that one did yeah. go well. My dad's a big James Bond fan, so I think they enjoyed themselves, but they still don't quite understand what is going on, you know? It's just a weird, like, concept. Like, my parents still say, like, hey, you could use this for your sketch thing, you know, like, if they have, like, this funny-looking costume or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, Mom, that's not how it works. You, we don't, I don't know, bringing planned costumes it's into the show. It's not the best right? when people, you know, like, especially, like, family and stuff, they're like, uh, they tell you something like you can use that, you know, because they know you're like do that. Exactly. Like, okay. They tell me jokes <laughs> even for stand up. They're like, you could use this joke. I'm like, no, actually, Thanks. I'm writing like, my own jokes. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Like people, people come up to me after stand up sets. Like, I have a bunch of jokes you can use that I made up, and they just go, they just like list off all these like. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a bit in my stand up routine where I just take a minute to just to mention jokes people told me to say, you know. I think it'd be kind of funny. I think that'd be a good bit. Like, yeah. you go up there, it's just like, you talk about all of these things where people are like, they thought about it for four seconds. And they're like, <laughs> you know what would really tear the house down? What do you call a paper plate? Uh, yeah. Uh, a waffle iron. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> <Jokes>. <laughs> the one I remember, and I don't think this guy made it up. He, it was like... The joke was he came up to me after a show and he was like, "You got to use this." <laughs> and his excuse joke, me, sir. His joke was, "Well, I take that as a compliment because he liked me enough because he was like, la- you know, he was like laughing at all my shit." Then That's he's like, right. "Yo, man, I love you. Just, I got this joke." He's like, "Look, it's like when you give a famous musician your demo tape, right?" That's what he was essentially doing, right? Mm-hmm. To me, and I feel I felt flattered. Do you feel like the equivalent of a famous musician. I do. Usually I, do. I don't. Nope, nope. Just stop right there. Usually I don't. <laughs> Usually I hate myself. But every once in a while, after a great set, people do come up to me and people do recognize me on, at non-comedy events. And they come up to me like, I saw you. And then it does feel good. It does. And I do feel like a celebrity. And yeah. But back to this guy. His joke was, <laughs> it was, uh, what, it was something about, Okay, he worded it way more eloquently than I ever will. I don't believe that. But it was a riddle. Yeah, he, he was like, what? Oh, I can't remember. It was, what to, what, what do I call my ex-girlfriend or something? What do you call your ex-girlfriend? You guys give up? Yeah, I give He's up. like, my Xbox. Oh. That was, uh, and I, at the time, I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. I don't think he came up with it. No, I think Microsoft came up with it. <laughs> Nailed it. Got, Got it. Got it. Joke. Got it. You can use that one. Comment on that, Can you guys. use that one in your next... Uh, yeah, you can I use will. That I'll, use it, I'll use it in my next five words. Yeah. Can you just... Yeah, I'll put Xbox up can on that. Can we the, talk about my yeah, five Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, okay. we'll lay them down. Like. Yeah, can we just cool. get rid of the improv aspect of it? Yeah, no, no improv. <laughs> uh. Like, after after five words, when I did five words last month, 
uh, your fireworks show, I felt pretty good, and people were coming up to me and stuff, like complimenting my set. So I felt like kind of a celebrity. And it, it, actually, the first time I did stand up, the very first time was you know a few years ago, and and I I personally do well when I don't have all this time to get anxious about it. Right, this was a completely last minute thing. My first set was scheduled for an upcoming Thursday, and it was the Monday before my first set. And my friend, I just went to an open mic with my friend, and I went on stage. So it was completely impromptu. It was completely, I, have I didn't have time. No, I had the material. I did all the material I was going to do that following mm-hmm. Thursday, which would have been my very first time. But, yeah, I didn't have time to get nervous and anxious. And it went really well, and I felt so good that I went to another open mic. Like that. So I did, I did two open mics that first night. I started the very first time I did stand-up, where, and it felt so amazing. Like It just went so well. But then the Thursday, like, again, I had days to, like, get anxious about it. And, you know, I was a wreck. I found yeah. uh, similar things where, like, I don't know if you've had it, like, where you're, like, you change your whole set on the drive to wherever you, the, the mic. Yeah. And you, you write brand new material. And you're, like, I, and it's some of your best jokes, too. Like, I've had some of my best jokes be written on the way to, like, do a set. That's definitely happened to me, for like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> And, and because you don't worry about it and you just go up and you're like, well, I think improv helps with that where you're just like, I'm just going to do it. Improv helps with it. That's why I got into improv because before I was very rigid, right? I would only, I would, I would memorize my, my jokes line by line, word for word and not go off script, you know? And I thought improv would be a good way to. So you did stand up before you did improv? I did stand up before I did improv. How long have did you been doing each? Improv, I started probably three years ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Stand up. Maybe just four or five. And when did you start magic? Oh, yeah. So I'm a magician also, and I started doing magic <laughs> for many years, like 15 Segway. years now. I've been doing, I've been doing uh, magic since high school. Yeah. Have you incorporated that with any of your stand-up? No, but I like to think when I do do magic, I'm kind of funny also, right? So, like, <laughs> where, you know, if I'm doing a magic trick, I'm also... My patter is also kind of funny. I feel sure. like I don't know. I'm working on a show that I want to pitch to Steve uh, one hour, just a magic Steve, show. Steve, listen to this podcast. Steve, Steve Wall- well, it's still... Steve, I beseech <laughs> thee. Yeah. If you listen to I any of these podcasts... anything Raul does, please put up... I will give you show. $100 American <laughs> if you are listening to I this podcast. 20 euros. No, 20 uh, pesos. In my wallet right big difference now there. that I will give you. Yeah, big difference. Steve, please give listen this, to the show you this wanted us show. to do. And now tell you, tell us what you... Now, the, what's, the, now what's your pitch? What do you want to do? Well, so it's still a work in progress. So you guys... Not a good pitch start. You guys see me do magic, and I do close-up magic primarily, where I just do it in your face in a small group. But I did stage magic for... I've done stage magic a few times, and I'm not too comfortable, but I did it last month at on Late Night at 8, which is a show at Voodoo. And they had me as a guest, and I did magic. I did a few tricks, and it went really well. Where you know I adapted a lot of my tricks to work on the stage. So I'm working on this. I just want to pitch a pitch a show to Steve, where it's just a magic show, <laughs> just like an hour long magic show. And I'm still working on it, and it's going to incorporate a lot of comedy elements, you know. Are and you I want like guests to come on. Yeah, I want to have some other magicians do some dueling magic stuff. So Are they like going to be sexy assistants? <laughs> no, man. This is 2016, all right. No, ugly uh, no sexism. What about sexy is sexism other than sex? Why do they have to be sexy, man? Why can't they just be normal people? 
why aren't normal people sexy? Why That's can't true. they be right, tri- children? Slut shamer. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Let's move on. I'm going to have assistants, but they may or may not look good. Mm. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Cool. Gender. Yeah, I'll have some, I'll have some Gender neutral. <laughs> they might not look good. So any assistants out there, Rahul might not think you look good. So <laughs> keep that in mind. No, Sorry, I'm excited saying. for this manager thing I'm, I'm planning. And it's still, I, I still, I still have a lot of work to do, and I want to incorporate a lot of tech, like a lot of sounds and uh, music stuff. Because there's a lot of guys like I, Amy, anyone in Denver here knows. You walk up like 16th. There's like a lot yeah. of these guys. These street performers who are really good, like Definitely. that, I think that'd be awesome to see some of these guys like up on stage too. Yeah, like, exactly. Like. Exactly. And I went to amateur, uh, so the amateur hour show we we're talking about. They had a magic night a couple of weeks ago, and I w- I didn't I didn't perform, but I saw a lot of other magicians in town. You know, it'd be it'd be cool to incorporate. And I'm not I'm not really good friends with any other magicians in town yet because I don't really, I'm not really heavily involved Super in the competitive. magic scene. <laughs> There are more magicians than I thought there were in Denver, and I would love to incorporate some of them in my in my in my show. But we'll see. It's still a progress, like I said. Keep us updated because it sounds really cool. And I always wish Voodoo had more magic-related stuff. I don't know. Like I do. So for Dork, the improvised Dungeons and Dragons show, I do I do magic in the lobby, close-up magic in the lobby before the show starts, and it's always got a great response. And I have fans that come to see Dork just to see me do magic you know they don't care about the improv they wanted to see me do magic and they stay for the show well, your which is cool whole bit to start dork is fantastic yeah like, i like it too and um and then you're, be- you're a wizard in the show <laughs> well you start you start like you're like i'm a professional magician i'm raul professional magician in yeah real life and then you're like and in the realm well yeah, yeah well some context is the way it starts is we have these three three player characters myself Liz Frazier and Thomas Reed Robinson, where we just go down the line, we talk about our day jobs. Like, oh yeah, hi, I'm I'm Thomas. I'm a server at the schoolhouse kitchen and libations. But in the realm, I'm Yarek the pirate bar. You know, this completely fantastical character, very very different than the real life persona. And then when it comes to me, my real life persona is the same as my like. So it's kind of a bit, but the bit arose from me not being able to being comfortable doing like character work so it's just it's just me like it's a good i'm glad it's a good bit because it's very easy for me just to not because i can't do accents really well like liz and and thomas both do accents for the show and i well liz can do accents really well let's be honest thomas thomas is actually good his pirate accent he uh, sounds like okay sure I mean, the pirates don't have any Thomas, country of origin in the, in the realm. I don't know. It's just, it's a, I think it's an accurate. We could just say that in the universe of dorkdom, that accent is accurate to somewhere in dorkdom, right? Because it's not. Fair enough. Yeah. That is giving Thomas a lot of credit, and thank <laughs> you for doing that. He'll love that. <laughs> Steve, listen to this podcast. Uh, guys, we're going to have to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to have more with our magician... Uh, stand-up improv friend Rahul and a lot more after a little go away to the litter box the kitty boy and Craig here on the voodoo comedy podcast stick around What do you what do you mean we lost? Just sorry you lost. You didn't get the votes. That's how Kimasabe works. Sometimes no, you win, sometimes you lose. Just 
Give us votes. another chance. What do votes mean? V like, I'm, votes. What communist very... nation is this? We we deserve another chance. So, so you lost fair and square, and you think, oh, just because the votes prove that you lost. You fair and enough. square. That Listen, sounds I... some like Vietnamese Russian bullshit. Listen, I didn't I didn't know this was some sort of popularity contest, right? If I wanted to be back in high school. Oh, wouldn't I graduate? Okay, well, it's not a popularity contest, first of all, and that's very disrespectful. It's fantastic. You, you, know, you know what, guys? I'm, I'm, I'm going to forgive it. You know what? Because I'm tired. You've been here for three and a half hours. I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to feed my goddamn baby. But you know what? Fine. I'm going to create a whole special show for you guys. How's that for communism? How's that for communism? I'm going to create a whole special show for you guys. It's going to be called the Loser's Bracket, and we're going to have it on uh, every Monday at 10 o'clock. Well, that sounds more capitalist. A.M. or P.M.? I was gonna say AM, but uh, PIR is on at ten, so let's uh, let's let's call PM. PM. Yeah, PM. So you guys can bring this act to this other one. Yes. Yeah. We got it. All right. So I'll pencil you in Friday night, 10 p.m. Voodoo Comedy Playhouse. Wait. Sorry, not Friday night. Scratch that. Monday nights. We already got a show on Fridays at 10. Monday nights at 10. Voodoo Comedy Playhouse. The loser's bracket. We're going to have you guys up there. How's that sound? So you're telling me you have to play Monday instead of Friday? Yeah, now? Monday Monday instead. So the so the, the word losers in the title of the show, is that referring to us? Yes, because you lo you're not losers, but you lost at Kimasabe. But did we? You did lose. Did we? You did lose. Fine. Monday night, Voodoo Comedy Playhouse, free show. Come watch Faggots and Spicks. That's the sound of the kitty boy. Meow. And we're back. We are back and we're on track here on the Voodoo Comedy Podcast. That was a near rhyme on the third part. Rahul? Hey. We're going to keep talking about this show, working together a little bit. Sweet. But more specifically, we're going to talk about the concept of work and working together. Because what you do is very different from a lot of shows in that you don't just ask for a suggestion. Yeah. You forcibly pull someone onto the, onto the stage, <laughs> an unknowing bystander from the audience, and you grill them about their work. That we do. Now, let me ask you real quick. I just, I, I, I'm dreadfully curious. What's the weirdest job that has ever come up on stage that you've had to interview about well so the one that so last season we this is super this very very drunk guy volunteered and again i don't know if he didn't understand the questions or or what but he would dodge every question we would ask him and he just kept commenting about how bright the lights were because you know the, the lights at voodoo get kind of bright and he's just the whole time on stage he was just like god these lights he gave us zero information Zero information, right? So mm -hmm. then eventually we just got sick of it and we're just like, all right, fine. And then we did a set where eventually we became vampires, like afraid of the light. You know? <laughs> so it was a fun set. It was our weirdest set, our most supernatural set, because, you know, every other set takes place in like a grounded reality. But this one had vampires and stuff, but it was, <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. It's always the risk. It's always the risk of, and, we, you know, we work in practice. Like, okay, what are the questions we can ask? What do we do? They do something like this. Mm-hmm. To try to get the proper information we need, you know. Yeah. But sometimes you're just not gonna get. Anything. Sometimes that guy, the guy was completely hammered. He would not answer anything. He was just in his own world, 
and I don't know why we picked him to volunteer. We shouldn't even pick them. We should have. We should have been smart. <laughs> Let's. Uh, this is a. This is Voodoo Comedy Podcast sponsored. Fuck you to that guy. Little <laughs> 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 kitty boy. Um. So what? What I wanted to talk about is. Uh. I. W- I wanted to talk about our jobs here. Uh. Like the jobs that we actually have, not like. Not like I want. I want to get to know you guys. I want to. I don't know anything about Adam other than he's a pretty fucking boy. <laughs> I don't know anything about Raul except he does uh, every sort of artistic venture around town, apparently. <laughs> but what do you do to bring in the big bucks? Because obviously we're comedians who live in Denver, Colorado. We're not, we're not LA. Or we're not, New York. We're not. We're not or every. Chicago. Or yeah. Or or London. Am I right? London. Or New Shanghai. Delhi. New Delhi. Des Moines. Des Moines, uh, uh, Rockford, Illinois, South Platte, Nebraska. Nope, we're just Argentina. Small, small <laughs> humble, the city of Argentina. Uh, we're just small, humble Denver, Colorado, and we gotta we gotta earn a living. So let me start, Rahul. What is your actual daytime worky work? My actual day job is I'm a software engineer. I, I write code, software developer. Oh, you actually write code? I do, yeah. When when you're writing code, do you actually have to like write each individual like word, or is there just like I have no idea how code works other <laughs> than like well, essentially you get you have to write each word, but a lot a lot of software, a lot of programs we use, they're called IDEs. They're just it's just software you write code into. It's like word processors, and they they're smart where they you know they they come out sometimes recognize what you're trying to type and finish it for you. Have essentially, you ever asked the computer what love is and have it explode? <laughs> Ah, the computer exploded, for sure. Uh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah, machines can't answer that question. Is the company you work for creating artificial intelligence that will create a Terminator? I hope. Because right now my job sucks. Because I don't want you to tell you tell us the company. I don't want to throw you under any bus, but I just gotta know. Is it Skynet? As humans, I work, I work should we be worried about robots? I work for a big company. With, with a very eccentric founder, very Tony Stark was one of the bases for this guy. So you work for Steve Space Jobs or SpaceX? Elon Musk? No, it's not Elon <laughs> Musk. It's, it's, it's a zombie Steve Jobs. Boy billionaire that owns his own island in Hawaii. Is it Richard Branson? Where, he, uh, where I could only assume hunts people. Well, that what what else would you do? Is it Richard do? Branson? I can't. I mean, we gotta keep this anonymous. Okay. We gotta keep so this. It's so it's mobile. it's not Elon Musk. It's not Steve Jobs. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, not I'm not discounting. It could be either of those two. But I'm not gonna <laughs> say it's not. But it might be Richard Branson. I think <laughs> it's a uh, zombified Steve Jobs or a conspiracy. Steve Jobs never died, and he's running this company Raul works for. To figure out if it is Steve Jobs that you work for, uh, do you need believe that uh, fruit's going to cure pancreatic cancer? Um, no. Guys, okay, not, not for no. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is Apple. dead, guys. Yep. <laughs> Eating fruit, curing cancer, doesn't work. Your hippie bullshit <laughs> is stupid. Just like Jim Henson. Go to the doctor, guys. <laughs> go, to the go to the doctor. Bob Marley. I don't care if it was religious belief. You could have had that toe cut off. You didn't need to die. All he had to do was go to the doctor. Didn't Steve Jobs like jump the line and like some organ? 
donation line or something. Probably. Oh yeah, right at right at the end, he he uh, had a come to science moment and come was to like, science moment before he died, and he jumped the line because he's you know yep. filthy rich. And now because he uh, uh, went to a come to science moment, he's roasting in hell. <laughs> he Possibly. <laughs> mm, fingers crossed. Him and Michael Jans- ja- Jansen. Michael Jansen Michael of the Jansen, Jansen Five. <laughs> yeah. The uh, well, who else is in the Jansen Five? It's uh, uh, Tito. <laughs> it's Tito. Uh, Tito Jansen. Uh, there's uh, there's the, Jansen Jansen. Yeah, the small, the other small black Jansen. Mm-hmm. The and, other small white Jansen. And then their manager, <laughs> Ringo. <laughs> yep, Ringo Jansen. Ringo Jansen. <laughs> that's the Jansen Five. It's weird to have their manager in the band. Uh, it's a weird band. Yeah, it's I crazy. Think a lot of bands might the lead singer might manage or one of the members might manage. At least it, when you start. When you start. Yeah. Hey Justin, we want to pop that cider a little louder, buddy. Oh, yeah. by the hey, way, you want to yeah get in, get in by the mic and pop it. We have our uh, official, I guess, sound engineer. Yeah, let's call him that. Uh, Hi everybody. Okay, stop talking. Hey Justin. Uh, <laughs> that's enough from you. That's uh, enough about you. Just Justin keep drinking. Lee is our official sound engineer now. How much did they pay you, Justin? Uh, oh, that's it. Yep. <laughs> He'll answer that question when you answer if you're working for Richard Branson. Um, is there like is this a is this a work from home job? Is this a? I do work from home a lot. Um, I have an office though. It's not technically work from home, but mm. I could do my job anywhere with a laptop. Like anywhere nice. in the world with, a, with you know with the internet and laptop. I love that we're moving towards that. Like telecommuting is becoming a lot more. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think my specific job, because I just write code, right? I don't deal with hardware or mm-hmm. anything, so it's kind of nice in that sense. Yeah. Um, uh, well, a lot of jobs, like, yeah, like, they're talking about, like, oh, these skyscrapers are emptying down in these downtown areas. How are we going to, what are we going to do with them? Let's re, uh, uh, I don't know, format, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, let's make them residential, essentially. And yeah, let's bring in a company like... Because uh, everyone's working from their bedroom or wherever. You I, know, had a, like I, had a, I had a co-worker work... He didn't even tell his boss. He just he just moved to Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty pimp. And uh, legally speaking, you can't do that, right? Because like, he still paid U.S. taxes. He didn't tell anyone. What's his name? <laughs> Are can't say his name. NSA. And um, I know there was some issue with like, if you're, you know, if you want to maintain your U.S. citizenship, you have to be in the country, at least, you know, back every like six months. I don't know, and I'm just making, I might be making it up. So he would fly back every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, and he would use his sister's address for any mail and tax purposes and stuff. Is he a drug dealer? And uh, no, man, he was like a king Mala- with an engineer salary that in does, Malaysia. He doesn't. He's not a drug dealer. He doesn't need to be a king. He doesn't need to be a drug dealer. That's my point, right? Because he somebody just needs to be a drug dealer, but you won't <laughs> get addicted to that shit. I've seen I watched Breaking Bad. No, this guy's <laughs> definitely not. Uh, Adam, uh, do you, you you don't work from home currently? No. What do you do for a living? I work for a mutual fund company. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's Is like it mutual fun? <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's great. <laughs> uh. No, I uh, I help uh, work with people to calculate like uh, prices for your shares. It's so interesting, guys. <laughs> uh, and work with the contracts and stuff. And uh, do you believe in your company? 
Um, Do you invest in your own company's mutual funds? Well, le- I can't legally. Oh, because I'd be insider trading. And, okay. But what's the big deal with insider trading? Like, why is that a thing? What's the big deal? Yeah. Wh- why is that a problem? Oh, because you know, like, oh, if you know your company's like, oh, we're gonna make this big move. And you know from a market standpoint, like, oh, if we make this move, we're either going to lose it's like uh, Jordan price his own game. market value or gain market value. Mm-hmm. The price per share will go up or down. Okay. Yeah. So you can, like, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to buy all, a bunch of shares right now and or short a bunch, mm-hmm. depending which direction it's going to move. And I'll make money either way. Um, I'm starting my own podcast, guys. Market movement with Adam Wedgwood. <laughs> Inside of trading yeah. with Adam Wedgwood. Yeah. How do you want to do it? I'll tell you how. <laughs> Rahul, you 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 mentioned it's like it's like Michael Jordan betting on his own. Yeah. Uh, on oh his yeah. Own games. Are you gonna start a playing basket or baseball? Uh yeah. Me me and Mike, <laughs> MJ. Uh, like we go way back, and he came. MJ to me. Michael Jansen. <laughs> Michael Jansen. Michael Jordan Jansen. You from Chicago, right, Adam? Uh, I, or your family? Uh, my parents are both from there. I uh, yeah. I lived there when I was real, like for about five years when I was real little. Yeah. But I I have a strong connection to Chicago. So you and Jordan could be friends in real life. Yeah, I've 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 hit I've high fived Michael Jordan. You have? You yeah. Him? Yeah. That's he's got those cool. super long arms. I watched Space Jam. Yeah, he's uh, a. Cool. That was animated though. They animated Jordan's arms. Yeah, and that's Wait, when, when I did it. That's when you did it. Yeah, <laughs> when it was animated. Aren't they talking about mm-hmm. making a Space Jam two with like LeBron James? Yep. I've heard. I've heard that. Guys, if you want to uh, have a movie, I would not live it. up to your, uh, not hold up. Watch Space Jam. Space Jam is. I've seen it recently too, and it's. It does not hold. I up. think I love it holds Tunes. up amazingly. Oh, I love Looney dude. Tunes cartoons, and I love watching Jordan, but the movie holds up terribly. No. I think it's the great. only good part Spit of the movie shine. is Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley's the best part of the movie yeah. for sure. Where I, he's, where and Bill Murray coming in and out of the movie at his own volition. <laughs> and um, uh, Wayne Knight. Yeah, uh, Newman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Getting blown up like a balloon and then he goes into out. a golf hole and finds the Looney Tunes. He just digs. Right? Doesn't uh, he, like, dig? I, uh, he digs to the next. This dimension. isn't our, mo- our movie podcast. We don't have to like. Oh yeah, that's right. We have a movie, movie. podcast. Um, uh, Check in the gate. Uh, yeah. Can I say one thing about Space Jam? Okay. I the pray one, you do. One big thing I hate about the movie is at the end of the movie. So the whole story of Space Jam is how Jordan came out of retirement and came back. Right? He's like, I still got this in me, and he comes back. Mm-hmm. But then they show that giant spaceship over over when he was playing baseball. Right? When he landed. Yeah. And I hate the fact that because that's pretty much telling the world that Looney Tunes exist in real life. But I, I like the idea that this movie could have actually happened in the real world where, like, yeah, this could be the story. It's like Independence Day and Looney Tunes, like, universes collide. Yeah, like, we didn't we didn't need to see the giant spaceship in Looney Tunes, uh, in Space Jam, because that just showed, uh, you know, I don't know. I think, I, I, like, I think a lot of people could see it as, like, a stunt, because I think at that time, Michael Jordan was so uh, as huge a stunt. that, like, yeah. oh, of course, our government would pay for a spaceship, <laughs> I think, to you bring Michael Jordan to, to this baseball To distract game. us from the fact that Michael Jordan was gambling on his own games. Yeah. And quit basketball because he was going to get fired and get fined and then went and played baseball Shittily. so he could come back. I will rant about this on my other podcast, heard, why you shouldn't like Michael Jordan, but I love him. What I heard is, you know why, why Jordan's <laughs> acting is so bad in Space Jam is because he bets 
that the Rotten Tomatoes rating would be less than 50%. <laughs> hey, it's illegal. I don't know what it actually is. Rotten Tomatoes I mean, it, it in what year Space Jam come out? In like 2003? Yeah, but they... Like they, they yeah. yeah, 2003. Is, is that too late? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes is definitely newer than Space Jam, but I think they back rate movies, right? Oh, they have to. And uh, I would be surprised if Space Jam is, is fresh. It's rotten. I I think that movie is fresh as a daisy. Right. <laughs> no, doesn't hold so up. And LeBron's you movie. know what else doesn't hold? The Goonies. The Goonies sucks. And you know what else doesn't hold? Never Full House. story. Never Come any? fight Full me, House Full House. Does, does not. not but you know what? I love I love the reboot. Fight you really? Man. You watched it? I did. And I, whole, hate, I hate time. I hate people who watch that show. It's fine. Brand. I don't know to be honest with you. To show how stupid Full House is, and this is what I heard, isn't DJ's last name changed to Fuller? Oh, show? yeah, that's why it's called Fuller House. Ooh, no, I, you're right. No, quick, no, 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 no. Quick, Let me quick. make a very clear point. You're right. You should hate people who watch that. You should that. not support Netflix um, making shitty shows. I, uh, I watched it, and I liked it, and I don't feel good about myself for it. So fight me about it. Like, seriously, <laughs> come punch me. In. Not on stage. Hey, just cut now it out. I'm doing really a show, but... Let's is it, is, it, is it fresh? Is that what you're looking up? Yeah, we we, we have it. Uh, just Justin here pulled up uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and there's a very questionable thing about if Michael Jordan made money off of this. What, what does it say? Well, it's uh, 96, so you were you were a ways off. There, Wait, Adam. it's 96 oh, percent. I was 1996. I was seven years oh. old when that movie came out. Yeah, and uh, critic score is 36 percent. Oh, so the, the audience score is 63. They're wrong. No, I think so, that's pretty accurate. Because either way, like I mean, Michael like, Jordan lost and gained money. It's just which one did he bet on? What more was the box office take on that bad boy? Boxofficemojo.com sponsor us, by the way. Box office. <laughs> Thank you, boxofficemojo. <laughs> Your website yeah. is cool, but yeah. oh, you need formatting. If you're into, I wish Jordan did more movies. Shaq was in a bunch. He can't. He oh can't walk God. anymore. Neil's movie career. Yeah, Jordan, but he can't walk anymore. There's no cartilage in his knees. Jordan? Yeah. Dude, what is he? Batman? Christian Bale? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. He's the real Batman. He's the. <laughs> he's. The, he's the white knight. We don't. We we need. What? How's that? I don't know. It's the, he's the basketball player we didn't deserve. Yeah, but we, but need. we no, need. We yeah. deserve. We deserve Michael Jordan. But we didn't need him. Come out, Michael do you have Jordan. The, I know the, you listen. The to dollar those. amount for how much Space Jam made? Uh, 230.4 million. That's insane. Well, in '96, though, can you can you adjust that for inflation? We're asking a lot of you, Justin, as a sound <laughs> guy. I know. I'm, I'm getting bucked up. <laughs> 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 You're not getting paid more. Uh, <laughs> Neither are we. So. All right, fair enough. Pay him 10 percent more. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. I'll give him 10 percent of what we earn. Another <laughs> drink. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Open another one of them ciders right by the microphone. <laughs> Uh, I don't care anymore. Charles Barkley was in Hanging with Mr. Cooper, going back to 90s sitcoms. I don't know if you guys, uh, you guys ever see the show Hanging with Mr. Cooper? He was in because Mr. Cooper. Do you guys know that show? Yeah, I know. Hanging with it was on TGIF. Um, it was an episode or a series of episodes where, because I think he's a basketball coach in that show, and he got in the NBA, mm-hmm. and they showed actual like footage of him playing basketball, and they had like basketball players. So and, and Charles Barkley like pushed, shoved him, and he's like, "Welcome to the real world." And he like he like ran to the other side of the court. <laughs> That's a, a typical Charles Barkley. Uh, <laughs> Let's get him on the, the podcast. Mondorism. Him and my favorite NBA player. Who's that? Muggsy Bogues. Shit. 
You don't. He you can't so remember much. the name of your favorite. <laughs> oh, the sound guy knows. Basketball player. What's Justin. Adam's favorite? Chauncey Billups. Yep. <laughs> Billups. Yep. Uh, anyways, Craig. Uh, yeah. We've talked a lot about Space Jam. We haven't talked, but about, we haven't talked about your job. Yeah, yeah um, I'm actually in the camp of working from home along with uh, Rahul. Uh, I'm a writer for a website that has to be middle of the row about uh, gun control and gun safety. So while every n- so often I do get to write about uh, we don't need assault rifles and all that jazz, uh, I still have to pander to uh, middle America jackasses who are just like, you could take this over my cold, dead hands. It's like, we're not coming to take any of your guns. and No, but we're going to shoot you with your own guns so you can't have those guns So you're not anymore. biased. You can't be biased, you're saying, when you... No, even though, like, numbers are biased to that it's more harmful because, like... Right. I've had to study so much about this. I mean, I, like, think, I think the truth has a liberal bias. Yeah, right, isn't that what they say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Stephen Colbert said that, or someone. Yeah, it's like uh, they talk about like uh, there are people who like do concealed carry and all this, where it's like we do we do it to keep everybody safe. And I like I get I get that. However, as somebody who grew up around guns and poor gun safety, my dad would like leave rifles just like laying around when I was five. And you chewed on them. Of course, like, you chewed on them. Oh, yeah. Did you ever accidentally shoot a friend? Or a family member. Not accidentally, but... Uh, On purpose? Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah, I just I, I take pot shots. Well, you're know. from Wisconsin as well. Yeah, it's I'm like from... It's like we Wis- don't know each other. No, we don't know anything about each other. Yeah, you people hunt in Wisconsin. Of so, course. Quick, can I ask a question? I know this is not my podcast, but you also write erotic erotic stories or something, right? I for did. Kids? I did erotic for quite for a while. I, I give us some titles? Yeah, because uh, I wanted to look. Do you use your real name? Because I wanted to look you up on I Amazon. Do, I don't use my real but I name. Be, I didn't know how to find you. I thing. go under the. I go under the the guise of Jaden Lane. Jaden Lane. Are these on Amazon by any chance? They are. Uh, yeah, that's what you're saying. But I couldn't. Yeah. Jaden with a J A. Wait, is it named after Jaden Smith? J A Y D E N, not like Jaden Smith. And then Lane is spelled like Charlie. Um, but yeah, I did have a career as a an erotic uh, story writer and i also wrote i also wrote for kink.com what is that what is that like a erotic story website yeah uh kink.com no kink.com is. is an actual porn site like oh, okay. porn stars stuff. please describe so wait, you used to write for a porn site yeah like the the actual studio like behind the DVDs, or what do you mean? No, no, no. Like they do scenes, like you know. Oh, like, like a writer for movies. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, My favorite cool. scene that I wrote was for a lady named Chanel Preston. Uh, that's her stage name. Okay, so um, uh, it was a gangbang called uh, "All Fuck the Queen." Can you, can you please <laughs> describe awesome. the plot of Cougar Prey to me? Cougar Prey is actually a story bundle where I've put three stories in. I believe the first one is "Mom No More." <laughs> Which is about a stepmom getting fucked by her 18-year-old, need to stress that, son and his uh, high school baseball team. Okay, now I want you to describe the plot of Treated Like Trash. Treated Like Trash is another bundle. You're going through all the bundles here. That's like BDSM. So bundle meaning... It's listed as lesbian and and BDSM erotica bundle. Yeah, yeah. If you go past the ones that say bundle, then I can tell you like plot lines for... How about My Sister's Valentine 2? My Sister's Valentine 2 is a story about uh, this, like, 20-something girl, uh, uh, like, again, with an 
uh, uh, he's taking his her little sister to prom, and like uh, like she's walks in on him and like I, I don't like the the younger sister's like I don't understand why this why this and then the other one's like I'll go talk to him and then like just like they they talk. They, they they, do they fuck? They fuck. I just I just sent stay at home slut to my Kindle. Nice. I just sent uh, prom night taboo teacher erotica so, to my. I want to know how you can have a version though. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. This, is this a Jesus story? The, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's not a Jesus yeah, story. Well, that would be for stay at home. Well, I found slut. mom no more. There's a baseball on the cover of yeah, it. Yeah, where do you where do you find these models from? Are these stock photos? Or yeah, they're stock like? photos. Oh, what's the open house? The open. I actually really like that story. That's as that, opposed to the other ones. That's a the Spanish like a, sub. It's Sorry. Like, <laughs> it's like a. It's like a. It's like a story about like a house of people that are poly and. Uh, spoiler alert! I'm poly too, and it's just like it's just like a nice story. I actually wrote a porn movie about that, and then just turned it into books when it wasn't <laughs> gonna get made, because it was too uh, dialogue heavy. But no, it was just like a, a house of people who like each other and they uh, they fuck. Guys, go please. Please buy Please. these Jaden uh, Jaden Lane books because the one I just found is called Graduation Lay. Nailed it. And I don't want to Craig to give any of the plot away for nope. that one. Whenever nope. I get free digital, you know when you have Amazon Prime and you opt out for standard shipping to give you free digital credits. I'm gonna spend those free credits on one of your books. I have Thank you. Few. Um, the best one, I think, and the one that I made three grand a month. Stay on. at home oh, slut. Really? No, not stay at home slut. It was personal assistant, personal slave. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. Yep. That's a that's a goodie. That's a goodie for the kids. Do I need to read my sister's Valentine one to read the second one? I think you. I think. Okay. It's so if if, if a movie if movies if Hollywood, because you know Fifty Fifty Shades of Grey, you know became a Hollywood movie. Yeah. And I haven't seen the movie or read the book, but I'm assuming was the movie rated R? It was right. Yeah. Oh I my god. I was. I was quick side tangent. I watched that movie with some friends in uh, when I went up to Minneapolis recently, and we watched. I, I had never seen it, and uh, obviously, like I, I'm into kink. I write this shit, <laughs> but uh, of the the guy, uh, what the fuck is his name? Mr. Gray, probably. Uh, and what's oh, her name? Is that what the grade refers to? Like a character? I name? think so. <laughs> I think it um, It's shit writing, but... Um, it's almost like Fuller being the last name of yeah. DJ, right? <laughs> I, uh, I got... I, uh, there was a scene where um, like they're finally getting into this kink lifestyle, and he has the lady of the movie, who I forgot the name of, like Elsa or something. <laughs> I think that's Frozen. <laughs> uh, Let it go. I think they're the same character. This is the future. He has her over his knee, and... Uh, He's about to spank her. He pulls down her panties, and he does this it, to this level of a spank. Three times. The music swells. Yeah, Gus. Am I right? Uh, Gus, shut your mouth. Uh, hey. Sorry about that, guy. That's our other sound guy. Uh... <laughs> Has her over his leg, smacks her three times on the butt, and then uh, says, "Welcome to my world." <laughs> yeah, I think, I feel like Hollywood doesn't want to promote. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a red R, right? It's not yeah. NC-17, and it sucks. But 
But like uh, what what you were saying, like I don't think any of mine are ever going to do this because it's like gangbangs and shit. Right. What if like Wes Anderson came up to you and was like, "I like to direct." <laughs> Wes Anderson. I like to direct. Um, the House for of Hire. Or what was up? <laughs> the House of Sluts. What was that's not that? one of mine. That's not one of yours. Cougar Prey. Stay at home sluts. Yeah, if, if Wes Anderson came up to me and said, I want to set a camera down in the middle of a room that's perfectly symmetrical and direct stay at home slut, I wouldn't say no. I mean, you get a lot of like uh, the miniatures mm. in there, right? Yeah. By, by the way, when I'm, browsing, when I'm browsing your books, Craig here, yeah. J- by, by Jaden Lane, yeah, sir. you know, all your, all your stuff was really hot, everything's really hot, and then there's just a random. Da Vinci, Jaden, six door double dresser. <laughs> Choose your finish like between your books. Did you build that for people to read books on? Huh? Yeah, you can put your books in it. You can, uh, yeah, on it. I'm just gonna, turn, I'm just gonna turn down by uh, by her piece of furniture right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I tried to make it sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Looks. That was, my, that was my job. Oh, you have America's finest. Fourth of July with, 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 with a guy. Yeah, flag all of them, all of them are girls, and this one has has a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a guy coming back from war and having a threesome because I pander. All right. My God, I can't. And speaking of pandering, I'm gonna pander to you right now, Rahul. Okay. I'm going to say my utmost gratitude for you coming onto this episode of the Brew oh, Coffee so Podcast. Fun. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's a bunch of fun. Thanks for plugging, letting me plug my show. Working yeah, together. Give him one more. Give him one more plug. Working together, the Denver's premier improvised 90s workplace sitcom, heavily influenced by sitcoms of the 90s, Fridays at 7 p.m., Voodoo Comedy Playhouse. We have six more shows this run. Um, when is this podcast going to air? 24th? Yeah. So you'll have like five. We'll have like five, yeah. I mean, the last show date is December, the first week of first Friday of December. So after that, you guys got to wait till season four. And we season three is amazing. I'm super excited for season three because we've changed, we've uh, we've added a lot of stuff and we've changed the show a lot. And we got a new cast member this year, Robert Treasley. We're super excited for. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Super yeah. Fun. Show is amazing. Check it out. Yeah. All right. I will. I will thanks be guys. there next Friday. Oh, thanks guys. You guys are great. Well, meow. And and, uh, and uh, meow says the kitty boy, and we out says the other guy. See you later, guys. (laughs) Bye, guys.